Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything. Lakers, this is the LakersNation.com live post-game show. I have a feeling people in our chat are not too happy right now. The Lakers, once again, fall to the Oklahoma City Thunder despite building up a big lead. At one point, the Lakers led by 19. Last time around, it was 26. The Thunder have won two games in total this season, both of them, against your Los Angeles Lakers. No LeBron James... Big problem for the Lakers, not able to get a win over the Oklahoma City Thunder. We're going to break it down. We'll talk a little bit about what went on in the game tonight. We'll talk about the outlook moving forward. How big of a deal is this? We'll get into all of that. Hopefully by the end, everybody in the chat will have vented and released some of the anger that they've got in them right now. And by the end of this, we will hopefully be happier people. Joining me to help assist in this goal is Matt Ever the optimist, Peralta. How are you doing, man? Uh, I'm not that upset, Trevor. Why? You know why? Because when I, I've learned very quickly throughout this season, and it's only been, what is it, nine games now for the Lakers, is that if you have no expectations, you can never be disappointed. That's the trick? Just lower the bar? Just, just, just lower those expectations? Lower the bar. Take a step back. Nights like tonight, you just have to laugh because it's ridiculous at this point. And so I'm, I'm adapting just fine. It's um, <laughs> obviously tonight was a, was a frustrating one. And I mean, on the surface, you look at this game and you say, you say, okay, the Lakers, they don't have LeBron. They don't have a THT. They don't have a reason, right? They're missing all these pieces. All this stuff's going on, right? Um, and that's obviously going to be a factor. It shouldn't matter, though, against the Oklahoma City Thunder. They are not trying to win as a franchise, as an organization. They're trying to lose. Like, organizationally, sure? Sam Presti right now is probably not celebrating. Right? He's not doing a fist pump right now. He's going, oh, my gosh, the ping pong balls. What is happening? Why did we win this game? No, look, of course, they're going to celebrate some wins and things like that. But as, a, as an organization, they're not trying to win. They are one of the teams in the NBA right now that are tanking. They're playing for a draft picks. The players are not going to do that. They're going to play hard, and certainly the Thunder did play hard. But that's not the time, kind of team you should lose to. That's definitely not the kind of team you should lose to twice, regardless of whether or not LeBron James is on the floor. Uh, yeah, you would think that even without LeBron James, that the Lakers would be able to pull out a win, especially against this Thunder team. And, you know, especially considering that this is the same team that yes. came back from a 26-point deficit and beat them in embarrassing fashion, you'd think that there'd be more pride from this team tonight. Uh, and it looked mm -hmm. like they were on their way to doing that in the first half. And, you know, they went by they went up by as many as 19 points, which was great. Anthony Davis looked good. Russell Westbrook looked good. Carmelo Anthony had it going from the field again. So things were on the right track, but... Yet again, they just seem to falter down the stretch. And, you know, it's a mm -hmm. lot more than just energy and effort. There were some, you know, lineup decisions that Frank Vogel made that I strongly disagreed with. You know, things got stagnated again. Obviously, Anthony Davis hurting his thumb, I think, had some effect, you know, how he was shooting the ball in the second half. So I think that has to be a factor as well. But, you know, throw all those things aside, this is still a win that the Lakers should have had and did have for most of this game all the way up until the end when they gave the Thunder their first lead of the night in the fourth quarter. And yeah, OKC just wins the fourth quarter 35 on. to 24. And that's with, and that's, well, yeah, you gave up 35, 35 points. points to Thunder in the fourth. Before that, it was 21 points in the first. Great, held them to 21. 27 points, 24 points. You're fine with that. But then a 35-point explosion from OKC 
in the fourth quarter. That can't happen. Uh, a lot of people, I'm seeing a lot of people around blaming Russell Westbrook. I think Russell Westbrook's mistakes were very loud mistakes. And so that's caused a lot of people to, to point the finger at him. You know, the turnover at the end there. He only had four turnovers on the night, which for, for Westbrook, that's not that's not terrible. That's not great, but it's not terrible. But one of them happened to be uh, crunch time, and he just fumbles the ball and sails it straight out of bounds. Um, that's that's going to get people pointing to Westbrook as the reason why they lost. But 27 points, six boards, five assists. Look, they're not scoring without Westbrook on the floor during some of these stretches of the game. Actually hit three of six from three, 10 of 23 shooting overall. He wasn't terrible, right? I mean, you saw Westbrook perform out there. So I don't think the knee-jerk reaction seems to be Westbrook turned the ball over. Westbrook missed that last three to tie the game. Therefore, Westbrook, it's your fault. And I think that's a little bit too simplistic in terms of our of our analysis to just say this is all on Westbrook or even this is all on Vogel. Um, you mentioned the rotations that you thought were a problem. What specifically stood out to you, Matt, rotation-wise that, that uh, you thought may have caused this day to go awry? Um, I think the easy answer is when Vogel decided to take out Carmelo, AD, and Russ at the same time. But that was that only for no one no. possession. Uh, you don't do that. I know, but I'm just saying, though, like, just yes, as far as process right. goes, right? Like, I think he saw, yeah, like, I think at this point, it's it's too easy for you and I to even just say, yeah, you should be able to keep one of the stars out on, on the floor at all times, right? Uh, but, I, I mean, I get it from, from Vogel's perspective, right? Maybe he just needed to get him a quick blow, because like you said, it wasn't that many possessions, but it, it was just concerning that that was a lineup that he turned to at some point, and, you know, just not one of those things that I personally would have done, but... Aside from that, going back to Westbrook, um, mm-hmm. I think what you said is is true, definitely, in that it, we can't boil down the whole game to just those last couple possessions. You know, Russ obviously turning over the ball was a backbreaker, and then right. him taking the last shot at the end of the buzzer. Also not a great decision, especially when Carmelo Anthony seemed to be heating up again and had just came down to uh, the floor the other possession and knocked down another three. You would think the ball would go back to him or find his way to him, but, you know, Russ decided to take the, the game into his hands, and it didn't go down. So... Those yeah. are very, very loud mistakes. I'll, I'll use your word loud, but um, that's those are two possessions. But for the rest of the game, Russ was pretty good for the most part. I don't know <laughs> we if we're going to do awards tonight. I don't know if that's the mood tonight. But uh, Russ was actually going to be my pick for the 360 award because I thought he was pretty crucial in certain stretches mm-hmm. to keep the Lakers afloat and humming. But obviously, you know, those two backbreaking possessions are, are I think, are, are going to remove him from my list here. And so I've got to probably pick AD when we talk about it. But yeah. Uh, overall, though, just just wasn't a good night mm-hmm. for the Lakers. That's an understatement. And I am uh, with everyone else that I'm upset, but I'm kind of just laughing through the pain now. I and, mean, I, and I suggest most people LeBron do James same. being out, like obviously that's a factor. We know he's going to miss at least a week. That news came out today. And I think that is part of the frustration as well, right? Wrapped up into this game, it's the Lakers got hit by this gut punch earlier today. Of oh by the way LeBron's gonna miss at least a week when he's already missed two games and this team's this team has been beaten over the head by injuries already this season when last season that's what happened and completely derailed their season so there was a sense coming in that okay the injury bug has got to finally leave the Lakers alone that didn't happen you get hit by that big negative story right that LeBron's gonna be out for a little while and then you followed up with this and as I've said all along. The key to the NBA, the key to playoff seeding, to all of that kind of stuff. It's not that you have to be perfect against the best teams in the NBA. It's you have to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And without LeBron, 
It shouldn't. This game shouldn't have been anywhere close. This should have been an easy win for the Lakers, and they did not get that. So when you add all of that up, it's been a rough day for Lakers fans, and so I can understand why there's a lot of negativity right now. The yeah. injury fatigue is so real, and I think you and I can only say if the Lakers are healthy so many times before even we're sick of saying it. It's just kind of the reality with the Lakers right now. I mean, it was good to see, you know, Wayne Ellington make sure. his debut or his re-debut, re I should say. Um, so the Lakers, are, you know, are getting healthier in that respect. Like they're getting rotation guys that were projected to play minutes for Frank Vogel back. Um, you know, Kendrick Nunn should be coming back soon. THT, um, obviously LeBron we've talked about. Uh, is about to projected to miss about a week, maybe a little bit more, but they don't think it's too serious. So that's good. But even though the Lakers are beaten up right now, they've been able to get wins anyway. And so I get that the Lakers, mm -hmm. you know, could have used LeBron tonight. Obviously, we probably would have gotten rid of those poor uh, Westbrook decisions down the stretch because we talked about it on the last show is that when LeBron's yep. healthy, it minimizes the Westbrook mistakes. Uh, so tonight you, you have to kind of live and die with Russ. So, um, the dichotomy there is, is a little interesting in that, you know, we praise Russ for the 27 points, six boards, five assists, but then obviously the, the, the end of the game is not great by any means, but, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where we got to keep rolling with the punches a little bit. Uh, it's, it's a frustrating loss. Don't get me wrong, but if you want to look at the glass half full here is the Lakers didn't give a 26 point lead up this time. They only <laughs> that, is, that is not glasses so. half full at all. <laughs> I know, but Trevor, come on, man. I'm All right, to let's, uh, you know what, let's do, get, let's get into one thing that's a positive, especially to deal with a game like this. If you guys haven't heard yet, Lakers Nation's releasing Showtime Logger. That's coming up this Saturday, six o'clock. We're releasing it to specific locations in the Los Angeles area. Uh, we're going to be at LA Draft in Santa Monica again, starting at 6 p.m. That's when it's going to be released. And we'll be at uh, Indie Brewery in los angeles so you can join us at either location matt's gonna be at one with ron gutterman myself and chris masters will be at another one and uh, you guys can come hang out with us we will stick around watch the lakers take on the portland trailblazers there and, and we of course will be debuting showtime logger and in fact i do happen to have a little commercial for it right here so check it out <laughs> All right, and once again, we're going to have two locations because there was a lot of demand, so we're actually doing two locations for this. Again, one is Indie Brewery in Los Angeles. The other one, we're going to be out in Santa Monica at LA Draft, and they both start 6 o'clock. That's when it officially releases, and then the Lakers take on the Portland Trailblazers at 7.30. Going to be a lot of fun. Matt, this night would have been a little bit easier to deal with if we had some Showtime Logger. Yes, absolutely. And I have a feeling that because and let, let's let's back up a little bit here. Damian Lillard's uh -huh. been having a little bit of a rough shooting stretch to start the season here, but he's playing the Lakers. So that's obviously the best medicine. So I'm going to need quite a few Showtime loggers to get through that night, probably. <laughs> yes, that, that may be the case. We'll see. Hopefully not. 
Um, I had a comment here from YouTube. A super chat said, it's a bad loss, but it's one loss. Calm down, people. No need to trade Russ. Who would you get back anyway? Or file Fire Vogel. Calm down. We've got uh, a little voice of voice of reason there. Wow, he's coming in coming into the chat. Sounds like right? me, Matt. You've got a, a little mini optimist right wow. there. Um, that's something. I right. Would say so let's season, let's yeah. talk a little bit about the Vogel piece because I'm seeing a lot of people saying fire Vogel. How much of this, like, if we're to divide up, the Cam brothers talk about this all the time, the blame pie. If you were to divide up the blame, who's who's to blame for the result of this game? How much of it does Vogel get? Um, I'd say, like, maybe a third okay. to 35%, give or take. Um, you know, I, I, like, like, look, I get the frustration, and I think this is a thing in all sports, really, is that when a team struggles, the first thing to blame or the sure. first person to go is always the head coach because they're the one supposed to be managing the team and making sure they're 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 prepared and ready to play a game. So, in that respect, I, I definitely get the frustration here. But let's back up a little bit and remember that Vogel is a championship caliber coach. He's proved it already. When he has a healthy roster, and this is basically my main argument for Vogel is that. Um, yes, the rotations have been a little suspect, but tell me like who else he's, he's supposed to play. Uh, but I know I just complained about a lineup earlier and that, and that mm -hmm. for me is always the process part. But at the same time, I have to remember he doesn't have any other options, right? If he had a full 15 man roster and he's still throwing out lineups that don't make sense, then I'm going to have a legitimate gripe. But at the same time, he's just putting guys out there that he's thinks at the time is going to give them the best chance to win. I don't think he's out there putting out lineups to give up leads. And, you know, so I'm not going to blame Vogel too much for that. And then the other thing I want to remind people is that the head coach isn't the guy on the floor actually mm -hmm. playing the game. It's the players. And, you know, there were a little, there were a couple spurts throughout the night where you could tell the Lakers look like they went up again and they said, okay, let's, uh, let's, let's reel it back a little bit and let's, let's coast a little bit and see if we can pull out this win. So not, not as egregious as the Thunder game the last time they played, but you know, there were still bouts of that. And so, I'm not going to blame Vogel entirely, but, you know, at, at this juncture, I do think that there is it's warranted to blame him at least a little bit for what the, how the team has looked so far I, through about 10 I'm games concerned now. about how lost they look defensively. How many open shots? Look, and it's when it's Lou Dort. Sure. I mean, look, apparently he shoots well from the free throw line, but Dort is like the sound the ball makes when it hits off the, the rim, right? Like that's maybe that's how he, he got his name. Uh, when he's shooting those threes, he's not anywhere close. And so that's like, that's fine, right? If you're going to leave him, cool, leave him. But we saw a lot of other guys where the Lakers just missed a rotation. In fact, I think it was uh, Kenrich Williams hit a three late in the game. They, uh, I think the Lakers had tied it up and then he came down and knocked in a three or maybe this was to go up six. I don't know. I was seeing a little bit of red by that point, but um, he hits this three and was just by himself. The Lakers just completely missed the rotation and he was just standing there in the corner. I mean, in a wide open corner three, nobody on him. That's my biggest concern is the defense and just the, con the continued issues with completely missing rotations that you wouldn't expect veterans to do. You would expect them to at least have that, even if the scheme is a little bit tough to figure out, you would expect that natural veteran instinct to kick in and, oh, hey, I've got to go cover this guy right now. That anticipation to be a thing, and we're just not really seeing it. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I have to go back and look at the game again because <laughs> um, you're I, a glutton I, for I'm punishment just, if you're going back to look at this game, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason yes. being is that I want to make sure that I'm right on this, but what I've been kind of noticing so far throughout the season, and this is a common theme that, again, I think you're going to just see throughout the whole year, is that the Lakers just don't have a lot of foot speed. Mm-hmm. 
they're not a fast team. Like I love, they play at the fastest pace in the league, surprisingly for an older team. But when it comes to just general foot speed, and when I say foot speed, that means you know running out to shooters, recovering, helping, rotating, etc. They are just a step slow. I don't think there's any fixing that. That's just a personnel issue. That's not a coaching thing. You can't coach up someone to be faster, right? So mm -hmm. um, that's why I said I need to go back and look. But to me, it always looks like the Lakers are trying to get to that rotation. And sometimes they are just flat out missed. And that's a wide open yeah. look. But sometimes they're just late. And I don't know if that's because they're just late rotating or if they're just slow to get there. So it's, again, something that I need to go back and look at. But for the most part, that's just my hunch right now is that I can't imagine Frank Vogel hasn't hammered those rotation drills in practice yet. Like, it has to have stuck. It's just a matter of actually going out and executing. And at this point, they're just not executing. Yeah, that's, and that's and that's something that I probably need to go back and look at. But I'll admit, I'm going to need some time. I'm going to need some time before before I revisit this one. <laughs> I don't think that's one that's going to be happening anytime soon. So the, somebody the said, I'm going to make yeah, a Lakers loss room. It's just going to be a chair in a dark room. Ah. Uh, I feel you, man. Uh -huh. I, feel, I feel you on that. Oh, man. Somebody said sad. Somebody said they win their first two games against the Lakers, and Trevor Lane thinks that's not a bad thing. How ridiculous. Are you not listening to this show? You're, you're not paying any attention, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's My bad. Goodness. It's very, very bad. <laughs> oh, man. So, hey, I'm assuming that you're... Your 360 award for tonight is going to Anthony Davis, right? And, and I, I thought you mentioned earlier that it could be Westbrook <laughs> earlier on in the game. To me, the turnover and crunch that disqualified him, and so it it, it automatically goes to. And AD had some decent stats tonight. Obviously, the thumb injury was scary, but 11 for 20 shooting, we'll take that. 18 boards, that's fantastic. Five assists, that's fantastic. Two blocks, okay. 29 points. He's a minus 14 though. Played 38 minutes. It felt like AD tried to do AD things. But it just wasn't quite enough, and I want to I want to get into why in just a minute. But I need to turn this over to you. I'm assuming AD is your pick as well. Yeah, AD is the pick. I mean, for all the reasons you just outlined, um, it's just by default. It, this this award is not is not super hard to figure out if there's only two of them, and uh, it'd be great if both of them play extremely well and we can make a case for both of them, which is what we normally would like to do. But in this case, we can't. So yeah, AD, congrats on the award. It's a moral victory from us to Lakers, from Lakers Nation to you. But uh, what I had a, a super chat that came in that said, Anthony Davis's lack of three-point shooting, how big of a concern is it? So AD was 0 for 1 from 3 tonight, not shooting them very often. And I believe that puts him down. He was at 15% coming into the game, so he's probably at 14 and change on the season from three. How worried about that are you? I mean, if you're talking just strictly three-point shooting, then yeah, of course I'm worried about it. 15, 14% is, is pretty bad. Um, Lou Dort is probably jealous of that, to be honest. Um, <laughs> that's a joke. I'm pretty sure he's shooting I will, better I will, than I'm going to have to look that up. This point. I'm going to have but to look that up. You continue. I'm going to look that up. I, I'm going to tell you right now. It's probably higher. But anyway... Um, am I concerned about his three-point shooting? Yes, but I think Anthony Davis at his most effective doesn't need to be a prolific three-point shooter or even a league average one. He just needs to be like a semi-threat to to shoot from there just to, to make defenses respect him and mm -hmm. provide that spacing that we always talk about. But uh, to me, you know, the concern is more like the consistency with his jump shot, which, by the way, yeah. looked really good in the first quarter. Um, and then I think what happened is that obviously the thumb injury when it's your shooting thumb particularly, that's going to mess you up when you're shooting. Like, if you've ever played basketball and your your thumb hurts, like, that that's really difficult to control your jump shot. So um, I think that's why in the second half you saw him closer to the rim. But even then, you know, he wasn't nearly as effective. But, uh, yeah, 
360 award goes to AD, and I am uh, concerned about the three-point shooting long-term, but I don't think you necessarily so need it to be an effective Lou player. So, Lou Dort is shooting 23% from three for the season, and See, actually you. improved, that means, with his three-for-11 shooting from deep tonight. Yes. Oh, yes, that's over 25%. Yes, that I'm not actually that good would at math, bring but I think up that's his right. average somehow. So he is shooting better from three than Anthony Davis currently. But yes, it, it is absolutely a concern. Um, I want to get into a few of these super chats here. Uh, Rondo Westbrook should never, this is from Gian Mercado, said Rondo Westbrook should never happen on the court at the same time. 2K doesn't even do this. Yes, agreed. I, I did think that was fairly limited Amen. tonight, but we still did see it. And it, yeah, it should not happen. So, so that's my point, right? Is that you don't see it for super long, but you would just know by now that anytime those two share the yeah. floor, it's just not good. Um, yeah. Nepton said Frank Vogel should have had Dwight Howard instead of Jordan in the third and fourth. I did think that Dwight Howard was considerably better than DeAndre Jordan tonight. DeAndre Jordan, three boards, 1.0 for two from the field in 14 minutes. Uh, Dwight Howard, one for one, but four boards, two steals, one block, two points. Uh, I thought I thought Dwight was much more active, was just a lot better out there on the court than uh, DeAndre Jordan was, and I think he's the better player overall. So I, I am still sticking to, at some point, the Lakers rotation is just going to be Anthony Davis at the five. Maybe it's THT on the wing in the starting lineup. I don't know. Uh, but it's going to be Dwight Howard as the big coming off the bench and DeAndre Jordan not part of the rotation. I think that's that's eventually what we're going to get to. I've got I've got two things. The first one, when you said Dwight Howard was better than DeAndre Jordan tonight and was more active and had more energy, that's an evergreen <laughs> We can say that every show. I think we can say that. <laughs> I think we can say that. We can say it every game. Uh, and then two... Um, this is gonna be fun. Let's just let's just blow up the chat some more. Who would you rather have right now, Trevor? Mark Gasol or DeAndre oh, Jordan? This Mark came Gasol. up in our chat. Oh, okay. No, well, I you mean, put it out there. I, I, yeah, I would, it, I would say Mark because you're got you've got the same skill set with Dwight, with uh, with Dwight and DeAndre Jordan. It's the same skill set, and you've got I think the same issues that Mark Gasol would have in terms of not being springy enough. I'd rather have not springy and can shoot threes instead of not springy and can't shoot threes. Right. Yes, I agree. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't crazy because I've been seeing a lot of split. Uh, I'll tell you who I one, who I'd really rather have: Damian Jones, though, who's rotting on the Sacramento bench. Thank you so much, Sacramento <laughs> Kings, for picking up that contract and then not playing him. <laughs> um, oh, I've got a question here uh, directed at man. you, Matt. Super chat. Akuta Bavadas said, sure. "Question for Matt: Are you optimistic that these ups and downs are not here to stay? I fear this is only going to get worse when we play good teams." What are your thoughts? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, it's an early season. Like, I know it, it. I think what happens is that these losses are so demoralizing that they feel a lot bigger than they actually are. But like the the commenter mm -hmm. earlier said, this is only one loss, and we're only nine games through the season, which is a little less than a little more than a tenth of the season. So there's still ninety percent of games left to play. Um, obviously, when we play good teams, it, it's probably going to look mm -hmm. a little. Bit, it's going to look a lot worse, kind of like the Warriors and Suns game to begin the year. I, I kind of expect him to look like that um, earlier in the season. But I think as the team hopefully gets healthy and gels a little bit, uh, we'll start to see the team. We'll start to see the Lakers team that we thought we were going to get. 
Um, LeBron James fixes a lot of issues. Um, even at, you know, 36 years old in year 19, he masks a lot of problems that the Lakers have because he's that good. So obviously getting him back and healthy is going to be a boost. Getting back the young guys, Kendrick Nunn, THT, to fill in the gaps that, you know, Rondo and Wayne Ellington and Malik Monk are filling in currently. I think that's going to help as well. So I don't think this is going to stay forever. Obviously, the next couple of weeks, I'd imagine, are still going to be like very up and down mm-hmm. or like a roller coaster, like what we've been alluding to this whole time. So I will expect that the next couple of weeks. But long term, I'm still not out on the Lakers by any stretch. I still think they'll be a good team when it's all said and done. But right now, you just got to kind of wade wade through the murky waters and try to keep your head above water and, you know, don't get too Here's high. Here's where it becomes a problem, dropping games to OKC. Your next three, Portland, Charlotte, sure. Miami. And it's right. at Portland. That could be now a right. four-game losing streak. Right, especially without LeBron. You can assume LeBron will be out until at least the twelfth when they take on Minnesota. Maybe that's his first game back. Maybe could be longer. So there's three tough games there that are gonna be really tough, particularly without LeBron and three teams that uh, I mean Portland has not played great this season, but Charlotte and Miami have been good. Miami's arguably been the best team in the NBA, even though uh, I believe they lost tonight. But yeah. uh, but they've been really good. Yeah, they lost to Boston. What are you doing, Miami? Losing to Boston. But um, in any event, yes, he did. Yeah, he got hurt as well. So that's going to be a challenge these next few games. We'll find out what they're made of, but I'm not, I don't have a lot of confidence when you don't see this team come out and just stomp this Thunder team. I think that's what we were hoping to see, right? Was that kind of revenge game out of the Lakers, that kind of fire. Like, you know what? You embarrassed us last time. Now it's our turn, and they play with that kind of energy throughout the game, and they just kind of didn't. You know, they just they came out there. So I mean, they they didn't not play hard, but they didn't play like, yeah, we've we've got reason to be upset with you. Like, let's go to Michael Jordan. It, they felt like they didn't take it personally. <laughs> yeah, no, they really didn't. Um, and I, I think, you know, if, if you if you want to read into things a little bit more than we probably should, uh, I think the thing that's, you know, kind of concerning, I think, from a fan base point of view is that, you know, young teams don't seem very scared or intimidated no, by the Lakers. They look excited to run their offense right now. against the Lakers defense, uh, which we haven't seen in a few years. Right, like, you know, for, for a championship caliber team, or at least what we think is a championship caliber team, normally young teams like that will fold or just succumb to like, oh, okay, like, yeah, we're not winning this tonight. And they usually tend to like give up. But uh, so far, you know, young teams like the Rockets, the Thunder have gone, the Spurs have gone straight at the Lakers with no fear. And mm-hmm. to me, that's been pretty glaring so far this season yes. is that they look mortal. Um, and that should be expected, right? I mean, they're still gelling as a team. They've got big names, right? Sure. We like to throw out Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony. Uh, but those names are just names, right? You still have to play the game. And right now, teams are just going right at the Lakers and saying, you know, we're as good, if not better than you guys, or at least they're playing like it. Um, and so far, the Lakers haven't really punched back. And that's, I guess, like, that's kind of concerning if you're a fan. If, you know, they're not just showing, like, that championship-level pride or character on the court. It's really just, hey, man, we're just trying to get through the regular season get to the playoffs as healthy as possible. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting from the team right now. Um, so I'm not going to make any excuses for them. It's just they, they need to step up. They need to to get out of that mindset. They need to realize that they need to earn these wins. They can't just coast to them because they have the potential to do that. Mm-hmm. They, they can coast to, through games. It's just they need to actually play all four quarters, right? You don't go up 19 yeah, points unless you're a good they've, team. They've 
They've so, really given teams a lot of confidence, whether it was Houston, whether it was OKC. They've done this a few times now to teams that they should just steamroll. And they've kind of come out and not really had the kind of energy they needed to. And then they let a team that is not good see the shot go in the basket a few times, make a few successful plays. And next thing you know, this team that's that's not very good starts thinking, we're pretty good now. Look, we can, we can win this game. And you've got a much bigger problem on your hands. We've, I mean, I've said this way too many times already this season. The worst thing you can do against a bad team is give them hope. Hawkeye style, don't give them hope. And that's exactly what the Lakers have done multiple times now. And that's not what a veteran team should be doing. They should understand that dynamic and be coming out there with a little bit of killer instinct. And we have not seen that at all this season. I think, you know, the, the worst part about this whole thing is that... Um, and I, and I said this a couple shows ago, but I'm going to say it again because I think this is going to be just the key theme throughout this season is that the Lakers have a really hard time uh, when it comes to guards and, and defending guards. Um, and it just so happens that we're like in this age of the NBA where every team's best player is like uh -huh. a point guard or some sort of ball handler. Um, so these defensive issues are going to persist no matter who's on the floor. I think it's just a matter of getting enough stops. But right now, the Lakers are just yeah. not getting really that many <laughs> when they need them, especially. Um, they played great defense for three quarters for the most part. It's just the fourth quarter when Shai Gillis Alexander decides to pull up from the yeah. logo. That was like the backbreaker. But even before then, you know, he was tearing them up. So um, that's why I'm kind of nervous about these next couple of games because, yep. you know, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, LaMelo Ball. Um, if, if Kyle Lowry is healthy next week, you know, that's going to be a tough one too. So um, yeah, the Lakers have their work cut out for them. That's why I said before the season started that if uh, the Lakers and Frank Vogel can keep them to like a 10 to 15 level uh -huh. defense, like a top 15 level defense, Anthony Davis should win defensive player of the year because there's just no way the rest of the roster is going to be able to hold 80s up. 80s rim protection <laughs> hasn't been quite what it's been in the past this season, but that's, again, it's early. That could be a timing thing. It'd be something to watch. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, look, that's the other thing, right? Frank Vogel was given a roster full of non-defenders and told, well, you're a good defensive coach. You'll figure it out. And so far, they haven't figured it out. Like I said, that's probably the most glaring thing from tonight was how many, well, in addition to how many times the Lakers missed layups that were at the rim, um, how many times the defense got completely lost on, again, a play from a bad team. Like wh when they play the Utah Jazz, they're going to be spinning in circles, right? Trying to figure out that how to defend that offense. So they've got a long ways to go oh, on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, you mentioned the Logo 3. Lords of the Sky from YouTube said that Logo 3 was a big middle finger to us all. LOL. I couldn't believe he shot that. And yeah, that was, like, that's the, the kind of shot that if you are a Thunder fan, you would have been, as you see him start to pull up, you'd be yelling no at your TV because there was no reason to shoot that shot. And then he hit it. I mean... Like, Avery Bradley had to be thinking, yes, as soon as he went to do that. Like, young player doing a dumb thing. This is exactly what we need. And then the shot went in. You know you know, somewhere Paul George is saying that's a bad <laughs> shot. I mean, look, he, he hit it, right? I'm just so saying. Credit, credit to him. But, like, if you told me Shea Gilders-Alexander is going to shoot a shot with 16 seconds on the clock, he's going to shoot it from the logo when the Lakers really need a stop, late in a game, would you take that scenario? I, I think I would say yes. Yes, please, I mean, yeah. right? 
you'd only say no to like maybe three right. players like Dave yeah. stuff and like maybe Kevin Durant. Anyone else though, it's like, yeah, take that. <laughs> um, and you know, the funny part too is that the Thunder were already up three. They, they had no reason to shoot that really, even more so. Yeah. They just needed to work the clock more. But the fact that he shot it so early and from that far made it even funnier. I, I audibly laughed. I, I actually LOL'd when he shot it because I was yeah. like, it's just that kind of night. And when it ended, when it went in, I wasn't even surprised. I was like, the Lakers deserve that. <laughs> um, somebody said Gerardo from YouTube said, "With so without LeBron, are we an under five hundred team?" Oh, that's I such mean, a great question right now. <laughs> here's the thing, and this is what I've been trying to get into the whole time, right? Or at least meaning to get into this whole time. Russell Westbrook made some loud mistakes at the end, and so a lot of people are going to point to him and they're going to say, "Trade Westbrook." Spoiler alert: You can't. It's not going to happen. Uh, they'll say, trade Westbrook and fire Vogel. Those are the two points that I've seen the most, right? And Westbrook was not perfect. Vogel was not perfect, okay? There's no, they should have won this game. They should have won the last time they played the Thunder. There's no reason not for them, for them to not win this game. There's no excuse. There's no LeBron was hurt. It should not matter against the Oklahoma City Thunder. If it was, right. if you're playing... The Warriors and LeBron's hurt and they lose. If you're playing the Suns, if you're playing the Jazz, if you're playing Milwaukee or whoever, and they lose and LeBron's hurt, you can say, okay, well, LeBron was hurt. This is not a game where that really applies. You still win this game. You're supposed to win this game. But when I look at this and I see Russell Westbrook, who had, I thought, a decent game aside from the turnover at the end, the loud mistakes, Anthony Davis, Solid production. What I saw, though, was a lot of nothing from a lot of other players. The other, there were uh, the other guys didn't really right. step up. I mean, the next man up award, like that's obviously Carmelo Anthony, but who else made a big play? Who else did something great defensively? Austin Reeves made a few plays, but this is an undrafted rookie. You didn't get much out of a lot of other guys that you really needed something from tonight. Yeah, we we are, you already alluded to it. The next man up award is obviously Carmelo Anthony, and I was making this joke before the show even started, or I was gonna make this joke, but doesn't it kind of feel like the six the next man up award is like it's Carmelo's like the, this year's yeah, Trez? It's because become I think the Carmelo last year award. We had a, yeah, it really has because last year, for instance, like we always gave it to Trez because he always came with energy every night, always mm -hmm. put up like a solid fifteen and eight or something, and you know was a game changer, but. Uh, this year, it's really only Melo that can produce off the bench, and it's great that he has 21 points, but, um, you know, we, we they need other guys to step up, especially when LeBron James is out. You know, I thought sure. Andrew Bradley did a couple good Hit things tonight, shot. had nine points, three rebounds. Mm -hmm. Hit a big three, yeah, to answer. That was cool. Uh, Austin Reeves, like you mentioned, had a couple moments tonight, but... You, you still need more. Like, you know, you'd, you'd ideally want more out of Kent Bazemore. You'd want a little bit more out of Malik Monk. You know, even DeAndre Jordan when he's out on the floor. I know he only played 14 minutes, but uh, you got to make some kind of impact there, at least make your presence felt. And that's been the disappointing thing right now, too, is that when the Lakers are yeah. out of sorts, they're out of sorts. And it, it's been rough to watch. And I don't blame people for being frustrated, obviously. And with a loss like tonight, it just, again, you feel like, the confidence is kind of starting to slip away and you, you're not really sure what this team is. I'm personally not really sure what this team is quite yet, but my main reason is because we just haven't seen the roster healthy yet, but still mm -hmm. process over results. Like you should still have this win. The Lakers should easily be oh, seven and two right yep. now. Instead we're five and four. Yeah. Instead, of, instead we're five and four. 
Um, I could live with seven and two because those two losses mm-hmm. came against projected playoff teams. But you know, five and four with four of those lo- with two losses coming to the Thunder, like that's just that's not acceptable. Um, and before I before I forget, I do want to just like uh-huh. circle back a little bit to you know fire Vogel and trade Westbrook. Um, people will say that out of frustration, but then you kind of have to right. finish that thought. What's your alternative? <laughs> what are you trading Westbrook for? Like he has an absorbent amount of money that he's owed this season. So if you're going to trade him, you're going to get some bad contracts in return yep. and probably players that don't fit the current roster. And then if you fire Vogel, what head coach is coming in here and able to magically turn this roster into like this defensive masterpiece? <laughs> uh, shout out Chris Masters. Uh there's no real good alternatives here until, you know, this is a personnel issue. Like this isn't really a vocal issue, which is why I didn't blame them entirely. So, you know, this is, this is the hand that the Lakers dealt themselves and now yeah. they just got to play it. I mean, that's, and that's where we're at, right? The Lakers have got to figure out a way forward. And a lot of it is going to be figuring out that defensive end of the floor and uh, trying to make some of these pieces work. Like you said, there is no realistic Russell Westbrook trade, right? Even, even just logistically, there's not many teams around the NBA that even if they desperately wanted to, could make a trade for Russell Westbrook, right? Just, just to put the pieces together. I can oh, think of you, one. who are you thinking of? I'm thinking of uh, KCP, Traz, and Kuz to the Wizards. I thought you were going to go Ben Simmons on me there. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, my Ben Simmons trade is still then, Kyrie and Ben Simmons swap. I think that would be that, perfect yeah. for both teams, but that's another day. Uh, well, no, you know, actually, Trevor, the 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 Galaxy Brain uh-huh. fun, fun, fun trade idea, and this is not this is I can't repeat this enough. This is not a serious trade suggestion, uh-huh. guys. So please don't quote me on this. Uh, the Galaxy Brain fun one is Kyrie for us straight. How up. does that help though? Don't I mean? Well, I mean, you'd have someone that could credibly shoot. Well, but, but Kyrie's nice. problem is he can't uh, play. You have in, someone that's played next to in Brooklyn. Can he suddenly play in L.A.? Well, that's true. Um, I think the mandate in LA actually has come up. Okay. Someone in the chat can probably check me on that, but I think that is coming to LA, so you probably couldn't. But just you know, as from a from a mm-hmm. skill set standpoint, right? Um, it would make more sense, like schematically, for the Lakers. Plus, Russ with Harden and Kevin Durant in Brooklyn instead it of would OKC. Make sense. Um, but that <laughs> no, no, that's, that's not a serious trade. Skill, guys. skill set it. wise, maybe it makes a little bit of sense. But in any event, looking at some of these guys, like. Okay, Rondo, 0 for 4, missed a couple shots right at the rim, 4 assists, no points, right? Wayne Ellington, welcome back, 1 for 6, 1 for 5 from deep. Uh, Malik Malik Monk, 1 for 3, played 13 minutes, did have one crazy pass, which fooled everybody watching the game, fooled the defense into thinking he was going to pass it to Russell Westbrook, and then somehow he just swung the ball into the corner. He like, Like, if you've seen the movie Wanted, where they can curve the bullet, it was like yeah, he did he that it. with the basketball, or maybe you know, it. if we want to go soccer, he he hit a bender like Beckham, something like that, right? Sends the ball into the corner, turns into a three. Uh, that was amazing. But other than that, Malik Monk, uh, thirteen minutes didn't provide a whole lot else. Again, one point out of DeAndre Jordan, not much on the boards or anything. It just felt like in a night where the Lakers needed everybody super locked in and angry and upset and frustrated and just oh, we're gonna take all this anger out on the Thunder. You just didn't get that. You got big performances out of AD and Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony, and everybody else was just kind of there, aside from maybe Austin Reeves making a few plays here and there. Yeah, without LeBron James on this team, Trevor, this might be my quote of the night. I haven't decided yet. But uh, without LeBron James on this team, man, it's a bunch of catfishes. Yeah, that's a good one. The team looks... Yeah, LeBron makes the team look really pretty, 
you want to go out with her, but then when he's when he's not on the floor, he's not available, and and you get to see the team for what it really is. Man, not not my <laughs> kind of date. That 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 may be true. That may be true. LeBron James's makeup, you heard it. Here Somebody first. said, Trevor, you never talk about how bad Westbrook's defense is. This wasn't a def- a decent game from him. Yeah, look, he was one of several guys that made defensive mistakes. But yeah, I mean, look, defensively, but we never we didn't come into this saying Westbrook's go- going to be a good defender. Westbrook's one of the guys they can rely on defensively. No, Westbrook was always from day one one of the guys that you would have to make up for defensively. You would have to do things in order to make sure that his defensive issues don't get exploited too much. So when he's making defensive mistakes, that's we kind of knew that. We knew he was going to make defensive mistakes. Now that's not to say you just say, oh, well, he's bad at defense, so whatever, he can make all the mistakes that he wants. But I'm just saying it's not really a surprise that he's making defensive mistakes out there. And his mistakes sometimes were glaring, but so were a lot of guys. There were a number of times where the entire team was just off in their rotation. It wasn't like Westbrook was sticking out as the sore thumb compared to what the entire team was doing. Yeah, so see, my thing with Westbrook here is that I think yeah. on-ball, is, he's, he's okay. Um, and if you play basketball, or if anyone out there has played basketball, on-ball defense is a lot easier because you're, you're forced to be engaged with what's going on in the play. Uh, but the, the real issue with Westbrook is his off-ball defense, particularly when he's not engaged mm-hmm. in the action and he's, like, chilling in the corner or something, and he's kind of just watching the play develop in front of him. But there's all these things happening behind him, and so it's really easy for him to get beat off, off cuts or lose a step when he gets pinned on a screen or something. Um, it's those things, you know, where where it's really concerning to see Westbrook because, you know, once one person gets beat on an action, you're forcing the rest of the defense to kind of compensate and recover and, mm-hmm. and you know, help you out there. But then at that point, now you're playing the game of, okay, swing the ball, swing the ball, swing the ball so you find the open man. And at that point, that's how you break a defense. And, you know, it happens a lot more frequently than we'd like. And it's not just Westbrook. Like you said, this happens a lot. This is why yep. we're pretty critical of Malik Monk sometimes because he's he's very much a culprit here too. Uh, Carmelo Anthony can Rondo be, can got be back at fault cut here a few sometimes times as well. Too. But, you know, Melo's been... Yep. Rondo gets back cut all the freaking time and it's 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 annoying to watch. You know, Austin Reeves for you know how well he's uh-huh. been doing, sometimes he gets out of position sometimes too when the action's behind him. So, you know, it's not just one person. Like everyone's guilty of it. It's just how often and how frequent does it happen? That's that's when you start talking about, okay, is this guy really that good at defense or not? And you know, again, like you said, we weren't expecting Russell Westbrook to come into the Lakers and mm-hmm. be like a lockdown perimeter guy by any stretch. We just needed him to be average or just not to kill you. Um, the other thing I should have mentioned too yes. is Westbrook likes to gamble a lot. Uh, gambling is never good. It's just never worth it. Like, yeah, it results in a highlight play. Like, but that happens what? Like one every every five or ten times. Like, it's just not worth it. That's just not good fundamental defense. Like, you wanted to stay in your spot and be positioned to recover and help when you need to. But if you gamble. You've got man advantages. Westbrook, you, you mentioned gambling. Westbrook so. is that guy, right? That sits down at the at the blackjack table, and the and he's got seventeen, and the dealer's got fifteen, and he hits, right? Any any right? Any <laughs> any pulls a four, and he goes, yes, that worked. And so then the next ten times he keeps doing it, and he loses and loses and loses, but he keeps going back and remembering the one time that it worked. Um, that's, and that's where he gets himself into trouble. And I think the same can be true of his jumper. Although his jumper was actually not bad. I would like to see him attacking the rim in general more often. He did settle for the jumper a lot, but he made it more often tonight than we're used to seeing him make it. You know, the blackjack, um, analogy reminded me of our old friend, Ryan Warren, <laughs> double uh, AKA double down. 
<laughs> oh, Ryan. Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Hope you're doing well. Um. All right. Let's get into the master lock of the night. And this is unfortunately one where I feel like there's almost too many options to pick to pick from. So I'm curious, chat. Who do you think should get master locked tonight? I have a feeling it's going to be a Laker, but it can be anybody. It can be uh, somebody from the Thunder. It can be a Laker. It can be something that happened in this game. Let us know who should be put in the master lock from this one. Matt, I'll go to you first. Who's getting master lock from you? Oh, this is such a good question. I think one of the last times we did this, I said it was me <laughs> for believing in this team and thinking they would win. But this time I came into the game thinking if they go up big, I'm not going to get fooled. And lo and behold, they lost. So kudos to me for not getting my hopes up tonight. Um, but as far as the master lock of the night goes, I think I have okay. to go with Kent Bazemore. Um, two points, two assists, two boards, played 22 minutes. Uh, was basically a non-factor from the field, though. Zero for four, zero for two. Blew another layup. By the way, guys, that Ooh. might be the new drinking game. Uh, how many blown layups will Kent Bazemore have by the end of the night tonight was only one so thankfully not many but still not a good look for Bays. and um yeah he's he's supposed to be our starting three and d guy and i i, I get it like you're not gonna have that many touches so it's gonna be hard to knock down shots sometimes because mm -hmm. you need to get in a rhythm you just need to feel the ball but um Bays has had a really rough stretch the past couple of games and tonight he he seemed pretty invisible like i can't really name one thing right. tonight that i thought oh there's Bays. so Kind of felt like the Lakers were playing four on five sometimes when he was out on the floor. So unfortunately, I'm going to have to give the master lock to Bays, but hopefully he picks it up because he has pretty big responsibility on Saturday Oof. chasing both. Yeah, CJ that's going to be Gabe, that's going to so. be Baysmore and Avery Bradley most likely. Which we do need to get into the lineup change. We'll talk about that next. My master lock. You know, I keep going back and forth because Westbrook made the big mistake at the end. Right when everything you know, Carmelo Anthony's just hitting three after three and getting the Lakers back in this thing and making big plays, and then Westbrook fumbles the ball out of bounds. And so, while I didn't think Westbrook had a terrible game, that was a really important moment where it was like, okay, this is why Westbrook is brought to the Lakers. It's to make this play. Oh, it's in the stands, right? And so that moment, as much as I don't want to, I don't want to cling to that one one moment too much, but it is a big one. And then I go back to the rotations. And again, Vogel's got some reason for leniency here, right? I mean, he's got so many guys hurt. Oh. And yet there's still issues, though, with the rotation where it's not quite right. And the defense, we're still seeing guys that are lost. And I don't know how much of that is Vogel versus how much of it is the players, right? How much of it is the coaching staff trying to impart this scheme on the players? And how much of it is the players for either not picking it up, not putting forth the energy, not just physically maybe not being quick enough. So there's a couple of different ways I can go there. I think end of the day, to quote Dennis Schroeder, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go with Vogel for the master lock on this one just because it was so Ooh. glaring how many times the defense was completely out of rotation and didn't understand where to go. And I think ultimately that's got to come back on the coach and we haven't master locked him yet this season, despite a number of games where we've said we didn't like this rotation. This was a little bit rough. There's still some reason for leniency here, some reason that to think that, okay, once everybody gets back, maybe this is going to look better. But I think tonight we got a master lock Vogel. I mean, it's not a bad choice. I actually have an honorable yes. mention. Can I have an honorable mention? Uh, I'm going to go with Mike Muscala. <laughs> the Moose. The Moose uh, is loose. Because, yeah. The <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, shout out to the fantasy footballers. Uh, you guys are great. Um, no, um, Mike Muscala, just because the, the two threes he hit in the fourth quarter yes. were big FUs to Laker fans. Uh, for anyone that's new cheering for the team, welcome to the bandwagon where the wheels are starting to fall off a little bit, but welcome. Um, the Lakers infamously traded Vitsa Zubats, fan favorite, for yes. Mike Muscala at the trade deadline. Um, and he proceeded to suck the rest of the season and could not hit. Uh, I think it was, uh, I forgot who was tweeting for Lakers Nation tonight. It might have been Corey, but he pointed out, yeah, he pointed out that the, the threes that Mike Muscala hit might have been the first threes he hit in Staples Centers. Um, <laughs> and it's upsetting. Well, no, to be fair, he was with the Clippers, so he, he had to have hit some. But uh, as far as playing the Lakers, those might have been the first ones he's hit uh, when the purple and gold are on the floor with him. So uh, big F you to you, man. That was unfortunate. I wish you had that when we were actually trying to win, uh, go for a playoff spot at the time. So uh, he's my honorable mention for today. That is certainly fair as an honorable mention. Somebody in the chat threw up, what about when Westbrook left Lou Dort for that, for that open dunk? In that moment, that's when the Lakers, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander got the ball and the Lakers had to foul. And nobody was near. Somehow, out of all the guys to leave on the court, this is part of what I'm talking about defensively with the Lakers just being confused. Somehow, Shea Gilgis Alexander is the guy that was left all by himself. Like, out of everybody on the floor that you don't want to leave by themselves, that's who was not guarded. <laughs> and so. Everybody on the Lakers went, oh, somebody messed up. In Westbrook, AD, everybody left their man to run to the ball. And so SGA just fired the pass into Lou Dort. So was that the right move for Westbrook in that exact moment? As it turned out, no. But it was a split-second thing where I don't think he knew that the other guys were all going to try to converge on SGA or uh, at the same time as well. It ended up looking really bad because you had essentially three or four Lakers run to the ball and completely leave their guys but in the moment, the clock is ticking down. They had to foul. It was a mess of a play. But I understand why Westbrook went, oh, man, I got to go get him and foul him because no one was on him. Uh, yeah. It's just a communication breakdown, man. Like, And you'd, you'd expect that out of a timeout, the coaches are yes. like, okay, you got this guy, you got this guy. If they do this, then you guys switch, you know, et cetera. Like, that's, that's stuff that happens in the huddle. Obviously, someone blew the assignment. I'm not going to say who it was because I have to go look at it again, even though I don't want to. But I'd have to go look at it again and figure out who it was. But yeah, just it's it's a defensive miscom. And yeah, like what you said, if Russ has to go and cover because he's not sure if someone's going to recover and Lou Dort gets freed, that's just that's just what happens. Yep. Um. All right. Let's get into one or two more questions here from the chat before we call it a night. Hopefully everybody has vented a little bit. And we can kind of move on from this one. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just seeing so many so of the comments Trevor. in here. I haven't been reading everything in the chat tonight because I know it's going to be it's going to be pretty negative. And so reading through now, I'm like, yeah, it's it's mostly what I'm what I'm thinking it would be. Um, so let's let's go with this one. <laughs> let's go. Oh my goodness. Oh, somebody said, why is Rob Palenka getting a free pass? So I've seen that a little bit. People saying Rob Palenka is at fault. Oh, I keep going back to this. If the Lakers, let's say, so they made the decision to go down the path of Russell Westbrook, right? And that's not a Rob Palenka. It's not like you can say Palenka made that decision. If you think that Rob Palenka made that decision by himself, you're crazy. 
That's not the way the Lakers operate. So there's a lot of different people involved in making that decision, including LeBron, including Anthony Davis, Jeannie Buss, the other uh, the other people that are in the front office as well, Kurt Rambis, right? All these people have a say. And ultimately, they decide to go down the Russell Westbrook path, knowing what that's going to mean salary cap-wise for them, knowing that they're pretty much limited to the mini mid-level exception and then veteran minimums from there. Given that constraint... I'm not that upset with Vogel because I like who else was he going to sign on a veteran minimum? Are you going to get somebody that's better than Carmelo Anthony on a veteran minimum? No. So given that, like if the Lakers had a bunch of cap space to spend and they wound up with these role players, you could be upset. But given the constraints that they were operating under, I'm not going to say that, that, that Pelika did a terrible job finding the pieces that he did because I don't think you were finding anybody better. No, if, and I said this too, when, when the Russell Westbrook news hit, we all knew from a salary cap perspective that the Lakers were going to be extremely limited in who they could sign. So if anything, Rob did a really good job of piecing a roster together that looks functional on paper. Um, you can't blame Polinka for all the injuries that have come up so far. That's not his fault. And the big piece here, like what you mentioned or alluded to, is that he doesn't make basketball decisions by himself. Yes, he mm-hmm. makes the calls and executes the moves and the trades and the signings, but this is a very collaborative effort between the front office and the stars, in this case, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They had an incredibly large say who they wanted to play with. So they picked Westbrook. If your two stars who are going to carry you to a title say, we want this guy as the vice president and GM, you're going to say, all right, I'm going to go get this guy then. That's just the way it works. Like, do fans like it? Like, should like should fans like that? Not necessarily, but that's just how the Lakers operate, and that's how a lot of other teams operate. It's not just exclusive mm-hmm. to them. Every team does it. They always get feedback or input from their stars as to how they want to build out a roster. That's not new. So I'm not going to blame Polinka too much because, again, given what he has to work with as far as salary cap and contracts and resources he can use, he probably did the best he could. Um, you can quibble as far as, like, what what else might have been available? Like, you know, we had that Chris uh-huh. Haynes report about Damian Lillard meeting with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. To me, that tells me that Russ wasn't necessarily no. even their first choice, but they were so desperate. The whole thing, the whole offseason, let's 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 back up a little bit. The whole thing throughout the offseason was the Lakers want a dynamic yeah. playmaking guard next to LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You can probably count on your hand during free during free agency how many of those were actually available either like outright as a free agent or as a trade target. Damian Lillard was a very popular name given how the Portland Trailblazers flamed out of the playoffs, but you know, it wasn't in the cards, so you have to pivot. And now you're looking at names like mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry, Russell Westbrook, etc. You can argue that maybe they should have chased other targets, but they ended up with Russ, and Russ is not a, a bad player by any stretch. It's just when you get nights like tonight, it's easy to think, oh yeah, maybe they just shouldn't have pulled that move. But that's so that's so retroactive that it's not fair to right. do that. So I'm not going to go there. Again, this is the team the Lakers have, and they just have to roll with it, and they need to figure it out. Um, you know, not like this is essentially the grave that they dug. So if they're either going to yep. lay in it or they're going to, I, I think out that's a that's a good way to end it. I think that's a good thing to end on. We'll see what the Lakers. I what know, a but, sad well, way it is, to but end but it. that's been kind of the mood of of the night anyway, and I think that's just a good. Spot. I mean, right, the Lakers have created a situation here, right? They know they lost two games that they should have won, right? Like you said, if they won those two OKC games, we're probably feeling pretty good about this team. We're saying, hey, you know, they lost to Golden State. They lost to Phoenix. That's acceptable, right? Those are good teams, but they beat the teams they're supposed to beat. 
even if it wasn't always pretty. But because of these two losses, there's this overall negative air around the Lakers, and they're going to have to make the corrections to fix it. It might mean just getting healthy. It might mean getting more time together, right? Getting a little more accustomed to each other. It might mean the rotation's changing. It might mean some of the schemes changing. It's probably all of those things. But ultimately, it's going to be on the Lakers to dig their way out. Oh, I said I was going to talk about the change to the starting lineup too. Real quick. DeAndre Jordan came back into the starting five. Lakers fans, I heard a scream from the direction of Los Angeles um, when it was announced that DeAndre Jordan was moving back into the starting lineup. I feel like this was a LeBron James injury response. Vogel did say he was going to still try some bigger lineups, but I do wonder if that was always the plan, even if LeBron was a go or not. I would hope not. No, I'm pessimistic okay. here, unfortunately. I think that regardless, it was going to be DJ back in the starting lineup, even if LeBron was healthy to play. Because um, like, he's not going to move off Dwight off the bench. If Dwight's available, he's coming mm -hmm. off the bench. And, you know, in that case, if, if that is a stone-cold fact and that's a lock, if Dwight's just always going to be the first bench big or the only bench big, then the only way you don't see DeAndre Jordan is if Davis yeah. starts outright at the five, right? Um so, yeah, and this is so early in the season. And I know Frank Vogel, he's a patient guy, and he's pretty stubborn to adjust unless it's sometimes. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, this uh -huh. is the playoffs, right? But this is the regular season. And he said this before previously in comments where he said, you know, we're not going to adjust too much throughout the regular right. season. We'll do it when it's needed. But basically, we're going to try and figure out a rotation that we're going to stick to, and then we're going to just roll with it no matter what. Um, obviously, DeAndre Jordan played 14 minutes tonight. Mm -mm. That's not a lot. But still, there's something to be said about getting off to good starts and limiting the damage that he, when he's on the floor. Because again, like I said, foot speed and athleticism quite aren't there for DJ anymore. So he's not nearly the same rebounder or defender that he used to be. So he's really just kind of hurting the Lakers for the most part. Um, so yeah, don't expect Davis at the five until later in the season or in just in the playoffs. Like I'm, I'm, I've already accepted that this is going to be the starting lineup, even yeah. when LeBron well, James is healthy. We'll see. We'll see what winds up happening, but. Uh, it certainly was a frustrating one, especially when I felt like they had taken a step forward with the smaller lineup. Uh, somebody threw in, should we have kept Caruso over THT? I don't, we haven't seen THT. You can't make that decision right now. In fact, you probably can't make it till midway through the season when we see THT really ramp up and then see what they've got in him. So, again, that's... that's The uh, the better question to ask is if the Lakers should I mean, have just yes. kept both. I mean, yes. When it's not my money... The answer is yes, right? So yes, yes, yes. But I think Caruso, no. I don't want to get too much into it, man. Like I'm just gonna say, if you're gonna say we're all in on a championship and we're gonna spend what it takes, and then you don't do that, you know. But that's another conversation or video for another day. I'm just not gonna get into all it because right. I'm gonna get too angry again. So. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us. I hope you all got to vent a little bit. Hopefully, everybody in the chat feels a little bit better. Uh, do come join us on Saturday. Again, a couple of locations. We're going to be at LA Draft and Indie Brewery. LA Draft is in Santa Monica, Indie Brewery in Los Angeles. Come join us at 6 o'clock. We'll be releasing Showtime Lager, and we're going to stick around and watch Lakers versus Blazers hang out with all of you. So make sure that you do come by, say hi. We're going to have some fun, and uh, hopefully if it goes poorly, well, that's just all the more excuse to drink more <laughs> Showtime Lager. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Appreciate Jesus. it. Don't forget to subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel and turn on notifications as well. Till next time, stay safe and see you.